um, on Single You, the podcast, I did have an episode about is cheating just the cost to marriage? Like, is that just, that's a part of dating? No, cheating. absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, what say you? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Cheating is not the cost of marriage. Cheating is not a part of the ups and downs in a marriage. The ups and downs in a marriage are like finances, are like life, are like you losing your job, are like your parents passing away, are um, tiffs with friends and different relationships. It's trying to continue to find yourself while you're married and continue to like keep that self-identity alive. Those are the issues that you have in marriage, being with someone else and becoming one. The issues that you shouldn't have in marriage are any forms of abuse, any forms of cheating, those are not marriage issues. Those are character problems. Those are deep intensified issues with somebody else and them putting their trauma onto you. Um, something that I learned recently in therapy was that actually marriages should be the safe place for your trauma. Hey girl, hey. Welcome to Single You, the podcast. I'm your host, Rika. I'm a dog mom of two precious sweet pit bulls. I'm a lover of Will Smith. I mean, literally, since I was nine, I have a problem. Mm -hmm. I finally started rocking my curly fro back in 2017 and never looked back. It's been a journey. I'm a motivational speaker, the single girl's life coach, the CEO and founder of Single You Academy, my online community for women. And you'll often hear me say that singleness is not a punishment. Your single season is not a season to endure, sweetheart. It's a life and a life worth living. You just got to design it. Now, my intention with Single You Academy is to help you discover your worth, girl, so that you can stop tying your identity to men and stop being a people pleaser. And I know you hear all the gurus say, you need to love yourself, you need to know yourself. What, what is that Drake song? Know yourself, know your worth. <laughs> we hear these things all the time, but sometimes we don't know where to start. That's where I come in. I can get you started. If you reach out your hand, I will grab it. So reach out to me if you need to on Instagram. You can slide into my DMs. Or if you don't have Instagram, you can email me as well. And I'll put those in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to Single You, the podcast. Rate it or share it with someone you feel could use a message like this. Thank you for listening. And let's get into the episode. This episode is with my friend Day Sandra Loving Herring. <laughs> uh, I just call her Day for short. It's a lot easier. D A I to you. Okay. All right. So this is episode 18, and we are going to cover how Day was in an eight year relationship that was not serving her, it was actually taking away from her. How many of us can relate? Raise your hand. And I know you're raising your hand, even though I can't see you, because this is why I'm here, right? Again, who had the conversations with us about what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship? So she's going to break that down for you and give you some tangible tips to help you discover who's not for you. We're going to cover, I mean, does he even like you? Do you even like him? She breaks that down. Also, stop leaning into those butterflies. As we talked about yesterday, your vagina doesn't actually know, sis, if he's the one or not. We have to date with logic and stop leaning heavy into those butterflies. We can still want magic, 
but not lean into butterflies. We have to date with logic, okay? And also, we are going to cover in this episode how cheating is not a part of the ups and downs of a relationship. Stop paying attention to Cardi B and Offset and Beyonce and Jay-Z and Jada Pinkett and Will Smith. I love them all, but guess what? They don't define the type of relationship I want. They don't define the type of relationship I will wait for. If I never get the type of relationship I want, well, I just going to be single, okay? Because I date from singleness is not a punishment. We do this in hopes that you will not waste eight years of your life as Day did being in a relationship that isn't serving you. Now, honestly, you know, I, I want to rethink that word waste. Everything that we go through can be a lesson for us if we choose to ask ourselves the right questions, which is exactly what Day did, okay? And it brought her to where she is now, and she'll even say that in this episode. So I don't know. I guess I don't have another word for it, but I don't want you to be in these relationships that aren't serving you for eight years if you don't have to. And if you have the tools, you don't have to, okay? So anyway, I hope you have your notebook, uh, <laughs> your notebook or even maybe your notes app on your phone. All right, this is episode 18. Welcome to Single You, the podcast. Let's get into the episode. All right, welcome to Single You on Facebook, Single You, the podcast on Facebook. I'm your host, Rika. I am the single girl's life coach, and I help women discover their worth so that they can stop tying their identity to men. And um, the premise of all of the conversations that we have on this platform is singleness is not a punishment. You are worthy regardless of your relationship status. And today I have Miss Writer, Miss Poet, Miss Activist, CEO of Urban Poet Society and founder of Black Lives Matter Coalition right here in the Tri-Cities, Washington. Desandra Loving Herring is not only a lover of the arts, but also has been dedicated to healing, not only for women, but for black people all over the nation. And that's deep. Day, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Day and I, we just like literally met, unfortunately after George Floyd was murdered. Yeah. And I hit you up <laughs> and I was like, when I slid into your DMs, did you know who I was? Or were you like, who's this random girl? Uh, no, I knew who you were. And I oh. was like, oh, that's crazy. Like this is the girl. <laughs> from power 99 like what but at that time I was just like everything is alignment like it just was all coming together right right and I hit you up because I was like what can we do to help like we need to do something in this moment and you had already started Black Lives Matter Coalition and so we just kind of teamed up this season um, to encourage people to vote to get the message out to let people know that we black we matter <laughs> and we got something to say and we ain't gonna shut up mm -hmm. um, Right now we're taking a break because we got tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's on Georgia right now. We're watching Georgia. Um, but after that, after the new year, I'm sure we'll we'll have some other stuff. Uh, exactly. Yeah, to to keep encourage people to stay engaged because although we got who we wanted, yeah, we gotta stay engaged. Uh, and shout out to Kamala Harris, uh, Howard graduate. I went to Howard, <laughs> and of course our first woman VP and first woman of color VP. Damn. <laughs> So I have been telling you, I wanted to have you on my podcast for like three, four months now, even before I started it. Yeah. But because somehow we just started bonding on our conversation about the arc of relationships and what yeah. we've been through and how we healed 
and how we got over that and how now we're having healthier relationships. We're more emotionally intelligent now. Um, and I always knew that your story, I needed to have it on my platform. So let's start from the beginning as I do with all my guests. I always ask this question. This is like a staple question. When you were younger, mm -hmm. had anybody ever had the conversation with you about what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship? Absolutely not. Nobody ever sat me down and said, this is what you should be looking for in a partner. This is what you should be standing for. This is what you should be walking away because nobody ever sat me down and talked about the intricacies of relationships. And I think that's the same, like that's the case with a lot of young girls and that's why we fall into these pitfalls. Yeah, 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 doctor, uh, not doctor, but uh, pastor, I think it's Jeremy Flowers. I know his last name is Flowers. He mm -hmm. said something so good, I tweet this all the time. He said, you know, when we're growing up, when we want to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever, you know what to do, right? You go to school, yeah. you got the blueprint, education, educate. They throw education at us all the time. Educate, 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 get your degree, graduate, da, 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 da. And then he goes, so where do you go if you want to be in love? Don't worry, I'll wait. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Like, relationships are so detrimental to our life, whether it be romantic, parent, co-worker, friends, associates, ourselves. And it's just a wonder why these conversations are not being had with us as soon as we come out of the womb, like yeah. as soon, the psychology and stuff. So let's go ahead and skip to, I call him Atlanta Bay. <laughs> Cause right. I, want, right, I wanna get into the nitty gritty of this relationship that you have for years. Yeah, eight years. Yeah, yeah. And of course, for those who are watching, thank you so much for watching. Uh, could you just comment, uh, hey, I wanna shout you out, please. And plus, I wanna make sure that you can hear me. Um, but for those of you who are watching, we are going to, Day is gonna tell her story and we're gonna get into the tips of how she got over him, moved on. She is now married. They have a beautiful family. Hey, shout out I'm to Brian. Now. <laughs> shout out to my baby Nova. Um, uh, you married now, girl. He's married now. <laughs> um, so let's get into that relationship because I know even though you're from the Tri-Cities, you did move to Atlanta for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in a relationship, uh, my past relationship for eight years. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the big relationships, right? So they talk about in therapy about core beliefs. Mm -hmm. So I consider this relationship one of the ones that gave me a lot of core beliefs about myself and about the world and how I viewed love, mm -hmm. which like you were saying, nobody sits us down and has conversation about relationships or what you should be not putting up with. And because of that, it's very easy to like develop all of these core beliefs about yourself from the relationships that you find yourself in. Um, and so- one of the big without, without even knowing because yeah you didn't have the counseling before this particular relationship exactly um, before we even get into that how old are you now and how old were you then i'm 32 now okay. and that relationship started when i was 19. oh jesus yeah and it lasted eight years so like giant chunk of my 20s of my finding myself period right yeah um, so yeah it was it was a lot of working through and I love talking about it actually and helping other people because I wrote this blog uh, that Rika knows about yes. and it's called Five Ways to Finding Your Own Light, Surviving the Heartache uh, Meant to Kill You. And I wrote that blog because after doing 
years, years, mind you, of healing, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not a just me thing. This is not just something that I have suffered through or I have gone through or had happened in my life. This is like all the girls around me, all of the women around me. And so maybe if I can share my story, it'll help someone else. So yep, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And um, I just, I always forget to grab a piece of paper before I go live because I like to take notes as my guest is talking because obviously that's, I wanna ask the questions and go deeper. Shout out to Dominic and Sharon for watching. Hey, uh, could you do me a favor? Could you share this video, please? Um, and put it in the Facebook algorithm, which hopefully the women who need to hear it will hear it. So let's dive into that relationship, right? So how'd you guys meet? Oh, well, we met, it was like a long story. We were both professional dancers. So that was the whole allure, right? You yeah. wanna date somebody that's like you, which, we could get into that later. Right, right. That was the whole allure in the first place is yeah. that we both had this huge common interest and that was wanting to be a professional dancer. And so that was, I'm moving to Atlanta. That's where my dad was from. And that was the big allure about moving to Atlanta. And so it kind of all worked out that way. Um, I have different thoughts about finding somebody that does the exact same things <laughs> that you do now, but it was, that's what was happening at the time. So yeah. Right. right. So you meet him and I bet you the, um, <laughs> you had the butterflies. He was oh yeah, crying. all the stuff. Yeah. Actually in hindsight now, it's all of the feelings that they tell you, oh, that's not, <laughs> you probably should run. Yeah. And yeah. it was all those feelings, right? Um, I could get in that deeper later when we get into these questions, but yeah, it was all of the classic stuff, all the butterflies and the sweaty palms, all that. Yeah, you know what? I was going to post this today and I forgot to make it, but I was going to post a meme that said, um, life hack, your VJJ doesn't actually know if he's the one for you, sis. <laughs> Stop leaning into those butterflies. Stop leaning into the butterflies. <laughs> because the thing that like, I know now at 32, right? When I met my husband, it was everything felt peaceful. Mm. And that was a big difference that I wish I could tell my, like somebody else, my younger self or somebody else, like that was the big difference. Everything felt peaceful when I met him. It was like, oh, like alignment. Like I'm supposed to be here. Like I feel safe with you. Mm. Yeah. So when did the, so the butterflies are happening. Mm -hmm. When did the relationship turn sour? Was it quick two months in or whatever? And then what were some of those signs where you were like, I should have been why did I, eight years, <laughs> like, you know, like you should have been. Well, I was obviously at the time I was a lot younger. So I was dealing with, I think some deep internal issues of like self-worth issues because there were red flags early on in that relationship of like, he's outside talking to his ex-girlfriend, like on the phone. And, and it's been apparently unbeknownst to me, <laughs> it's been weeks of this. Or like I'm catching really bad messages between him and other girls on Facebook or some of my friends at the time are being really flirtatious whenever they're around and he's flirting back. So it was a lot of stuff like that. And so um, I, my family's old school, right? So I'm traditional in a lot of ways. And so, especially back then, I really believed in like, oh, you stick it out and you make it work because that's what our grandmas did and that's what their moms did and you make it work because that's what love is and love is supposed to be hard and it's supposed to be trials and tribulations and you're going to go through ups and downs and you're going to go through things. 
And so I just kept sticking it out and not even realizing, oh, like I'm a complete fool because I'm the whole prize. I'm the thing. I'm the gold. I'm the, I'm the winning thing. And so just deep internal issues with self-worth, which we can have a whole therapy session about. <laughs> but, right, right, right. But that's what my, that's what my platform is, right? Like I help women discover their worth so that they stop tying their identity to men and stop yeah. being a man pleaser. Because what happens is if we don't have the conversation about this is a healthy relationship, yeah. this is an unhealthy relationship, you're just out here dating because you think that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. And you're figuring it out as you go and you're putting right. up way too much. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I wrote down that, um, you know, about him talking to other girls and stuff. When you brought him up, because I feel like there is a, um, a formula, a, the, a guys do the same thing when they get caught. So when you would bring it up to him, like, or did you, first of all, did you bring it up to him? Like, yeah. why are you talking to him? I was oh. very confrontational then. <laughs> um, what are you doing and why are you doing this? And uh, for him, it was all like my fault. I was talking to her on the phone because I feel like you weren't there for me or we were having money problems and she wanted to help me. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. or, um, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that was just my friend, even though this is a completely irresponsible and inappropriate conversation. I'm not sure how her being your friend can tie into this, but like all of the first initial responses were putting the blame back onto me. You yeah. deserve this is your fault. Yes, yes. And that is, um, a lot of that is gaslighting, projection, and all of that. Um, and, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but in my own studies, that's what I've been learning. And that's what was happening to me in my relationship that we've talked about. I've talked about on this platform. You know, if you've been following and listening to me for a while about who I call my abusive ex. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to put like a little pin cushion in there. I hope you hear what Day is saying, what we're saying. If you approach... So let's say today, Brian, and your happy marriage that you're with, you approach Brian, not to say that he would, but let's say he, he did, you know, some, some girl that he used to talk to or some ex did hit him up and he did have a conversation with her, you know, for a bit. Mm -hmm. If you approached him, what do you think Brian would say? Oh, Brian, first of all, Brian's a different breed. Brian, <laughs> one, wouldn't, but two, even if he had to, he would be letting me know about what and when, not to mention Brian's the kind of guy that's like, sit here while I have this conversation, be a part of the, con I'm a, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna put it on speaker. And if you, if I forget anything, you go ahead and just say it for me. Like that's, he's a completely different breed of man than the kind that I was interested in before. <laughs> right, right, right. And so, and so that's my point. Like the guy who is dysfunctional and not for you will be combative when you approach him with something that you are uncomfortable with, yeah. okay? It's not about trying to control him. You can't talk to so-and-so and you can't do this, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's just, hey, I'm a little uncomfortable. Can we have this conversation? And then you try to work it out, right? You don't Where, respect your boundaries. Completely yeah. disrespect, disregard of relationship boundaries at all. Like just yeah. no idea. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Brian is like, yo, I, I am going to communicate with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that there may be a girl on the way down to <laughs> Yeah, just letting you know, that's beautiful. That's the invitation. And that's when you mean, like, I love it when you said earlier that Brian was very peaceful. And I've heard you say that so many times. 
that is peace. Yeah. That is peace. But again, when we don't have these conversations and some of us don't even see healthy relationships, we don't know that that can exist. We think every relationship has to be Cardi B and Offset. Yeah. Just what we see on TV. Or if you had dysfunctional parents, yes. you think that it's supposed to be like the dysfunction that you saw in your childhood or some kind of branch off of that, whether or not watered down or more intensified, you think that it's supposed to reflect the things that you've already seen for a lot of people. And I, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. It doesn't have to be that. Um, and that's why I love these conversations because I want women to see and men to them to see a healthy and understand how to get it and understand that Cardi B and Offset ain't it. <laughs> like it doesn't have to. And listen, I always say on this platform, I don't know those people, but from what I see, that ain't a relationship I want. I'm cool. <laughs> so um, yeah. and for, uh, for women watching or listening, but cheating for me is like, this is, this is not it. Like, this is not the relationship that I want to be in. Yeah. This is not worthy of me. Like this, uh, cheating is an act of the opposite of love. So for me, that's a boundary issue, right? Um, of course, that's another whole conversation, but I feel like when you get into relationships, these are the kind of conversations you should be having with people when you get into relationships. What are your boundaries? What is going to happen if these boundaries are crossed? Like for me and Brian, cheating is like, that's it. That's it. We're both very much like, if this is something that happens, then we're definitely out and we'll figure it out when the chips fall. So I definitely feel like knowing your boundaries before you get into a relationship, knowing what's not worthy of you, what's beneath you should be like established. Absolutely. Communicating that with the other person. Mm -hmm. establish it with yourself so that when they do cross it's something you bring up or you know that's it I'm done and when you do get in these relationships you do have those conversations so they know so they can't say they didn't know yeah you did not know you you can't say you didn't know that I said that cheating was a boundary for me I'm glad you actually brought that up because um on single you the podcast I did have an episode about is cheating just the cost to marriage like is that just that's called a part of dating. No, cheating. absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, what say you? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Cheating is not the cost of marriage. Cheating is not a part of the ups and downs in a marriage. Mm-hmm. The ups and downs in a marriage are like finances, are like life, are like you losing your job, are like your parents passing away, are um, tiffs with friends and different relationships. It's trying to continue to find yourself while you're married and continue to like keep that self-identity alive. Those are the issues that you have in marriage, being with someone else and becoming one. The issues that you shouldn't have in marriage are any forms of abuse, any forms of cheating. Those are not marriage issues. Those are character problems. Those are deep intensified issues with somebody else and them putting their trauma onto you. Um, Something that I learned recently in therapy was that actually Marriages should be the safe place for your trauma. Keyword, safe place. So everybody has trauma. A marriage is a place where you can heal those traumas by having a partner that is open to talking with you about the things that you've been through, that is open with talking with you about triggers and things that harm you. What's unacceptable is when those traumas and triggers become weaponized and then you therefore are always aiming at your partner. So things like cheating and lying and being abusive or being explosive, these are all forms of like weaponizing your trauma and giving it to somebody else. 
like have a healthy relationship with the things that you've been through and learn to talk about those things with your partner in a healthy way. Like I went through this, I don't like to be triggered in this way. And then your partner can then say, I completely understand that. And I'm going to work really hard to see your inner child right now, to see who you were, to see who you've been. And I'm going to work hard at not doing those things that are going to put you back in the mindset of your 14 year old self. That's a healthy relationship with trauma. Um, But all of this cheating and fighting and abusing and putting your hands on one another, all of these should be like, in my eyes, relationship no-nos, like the relationship should be dead after that. There is nothing else. (laughs) We just... (laughs) We can take a moment. I always tear. I feel like last week when I had Cameo on, and now you like. I'm just. You guys are so beautiful. You're dope, Day. Like, where were we when we needed us at 15? Right. Like, take. I always say this on my platform too. I hope y'all got your notes app open on your phone. If you drive and don't do that, just make a mental note to come back just to this timestamp. But I need you to be writing these down. They just dropped some bombs on you. Listen, my auntie Latanya is praising you. They just said exactly not. Shout out to my auntie Latanya, by the way. Who, <laughs> auntie, I'm gonna have to have you on this platform. We gonna have to talk. And cause my auntie Latanya is a pastor and my pastor, Marlando, he's yeah. gonna come on the platform and we're gonna break down what I wish the church taught me. Oh. About being single. Woo, that's happening in January, that's y'all. Awful. It's a whole thing. I understand. That's what I'm quoted and everything, but just know Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Seattle time. I'm in Washington State. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Yeah. Um, That's when the lives happen. And so the date with that will come up. So, um, uh, oh, Dominic, you must be talking about something we were talking about earlier. But so thank you so much for watching. I love it. People are, I know you can't see Dave, but people are watching. If you could do me a favor. Um, please share this uh, video um, because it helps the Facebook algorithm and hopefully it'll get to a woman who needs to hear this conversation. Uh, it's free for you to do, but that's definitely how you help uh, me as a small businesswoman. Um, so uh, shameless plug, please share, please share. Okay, so I want to break down a few more um, tangible ways um, where this Atlanta Bay was abusive, okay? Yeah. And then let's get into the last straw. So tell that story. What were some other things that you're like, this is the red flag, girl, leave. He did this, girl, leave. And Um, then what was the last straw on why you finally left after eight years? I think the biggest thing that a lot of people can attest to that are in very long relationships where it just seems kind of dysfunctional is there was a genuine lack of love there, right? So in the beginning, of course, I'm 19, right? So I'm madly in love. I'm like, I'm in love. This is it. This is over. We're going to get married. This is it because I'm 19, right? But at a certain point, there was a lack of love. And I think a lot of people don't really realize when you're in relationships like that for so long, especially when they're dysfunctional, is that it's, you have to do check-ins, right? And the thing that I wish that I would have realized back then, I don't even think we liked each other at a certain point. He did not like me, Rika. <laughs> and no, so yes, yes, you can yes. understand things like that when you see it in hindsight. At the time, it's really hard to see because then you start doing things to perform for love. I am not a dog. I'm not an animal. I should not be doing backflips and doing the most to be rewarded with love. Love is not something you reward something with. In a healthy relationship, that's something that you just get that reassurance, that constant feeling of safety. I did not have that. I found myself always doing the most. And like, even in, um, even in the ways that I went through my healing, I was finding my, myself being like, oh, I was doing things that 
are not even me. I was picking up hobbies I don't even like. I was dressing in clothes that I don't even, honestly, I would never wear this. I was trying to be like other dancers in Los Angeles and in Atlanta that I thought that he was attracted to. It was, it just became a very toxic cycle with all of these subconscious feelings of being unloved and being unliked and not understanding or having that confidence, that self-confidence yet to be like, hey, like wake up, you are more than this. You are worthy and you are worthy of good love. This is not it. You don't have to settle for this. There's more than this. And so um, my final straw is we were just having an argument and I honestly just like realized in that argument, I don't want this. Mm. I'm thinking, I've been thinking about forever, right? Cause I'm young. Uh, I think I was 24 by the time it ended, 24, 25. And I'm, I'm thinking like, I don't want this. I've been thinking about forever and I haven't even stopped to think like in my ideal relationship, what do I want? What do I want to feel like? And that wasn't the feeling. I don't feel safe. I don't feel loved. I'm not even happy. And then I'm thinking like, how long has it been since I've been happy here? Like all these realizations. And I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't want this anymore. This is not what I set out for. This is not the person I want to be. And I think one of the biggest things that I had to say to myself is I don't even like myself when I'm with him. Mm. I don't even like the person that I am in this relationship and who I'm becoming and the way that I'm thinking and the reasons I'm doing the things that I'm doing. Um, And that was it for me. Yeah. Okay. So I wrote down some things. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that you said y'all didn't even like each other. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so women, when we're in this situation, not all, and I always preface it with this, because I don't want anybody to hear me, hear me from my heart, not from the seat of offense. Yeah. But what we do as women, we try to morph our way, like you said, doing, picking up these hobbies, doing whatever, morph Mm -hmm. our way, serve our way into a man's heart, because society told us women that we have to be married. That's we not- have to have kids. That is the goal, especially if you're a Christian. My God, like that is the goal to be a good Christian woman. Um, you need to do these things and then you are blessed more. You are worthy finally. So we're doing all these things and we don't even stop to think, yeah. do I like this? Do yeah. I like him? Do I like me in this situation? Why am I doing these things? I love that you said, I'm not an animal. Thor and Champ, I tell them to sit, they get a treat. Right. My boyfriend doesn't get to do that to me. No. He don't. He don't uh-huh. And yeah. one of my biggest things was like, um, my biggest things at the end was we were both professional dancers. And so Rika knows me as the activist and the writer and all of these other things that I'm really good at that actually a lot of people don't even know about me. But I started to have a change of heart and career wise, even back then when I was dating this person. And one of the biggest things that stood out to me in that time, that was one of the biggest red flags is one time I asked him, if I wasn't a professional dancer with you, well, you think we could still be together? And he was like, probably not. And I realized in that moment, like, oh, you don't even love me. You love the idea of me. Yeah. You're not with me for me. Somebody who's with me for me, I could literally stop what I'm doing right now and decide to be an astronaut and they would be supportive. Brian? (laughs) Float, baby. (laughs) 
literally anything that I like, he's like the biggest cheerleader to the point where I'm like, I'm not about to do that. I don't know why you're, you're cheering me on in this way. If right now I was like, wow, I really like newscasters. He would be like, wow, babe, you would make the best newscaster. I see you talk to people all the time. You could be a newscaster, anything. Yeah. Like that's real. That's love. That's support. That's being a cheer somebody's cheerleader. For him to say, no, I don't think we would be together if you are not the that I see you in. You are not in love with me. You're in love with the idea of me. Yeah. And that's just like yeah. mind-blowing for my 24-year-old mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all these men that we have dated, him, my abusive ex or whatever, listen, I pray for them. I don't know where my ex is. They also didn't have these conversations about right. what makes healthy versus unhealthy relationships. So they are acting out of their trauma as well. Yes. And what, what they need to be and what they did not learn. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen for us millennials. Um, and hopefully we can turn around and help Gen Z and the generations below. But so I don't want anybody to think that. And even if you do, I don't care because I know that, again, hear from my heart and not the seat of offense. I'm not man bashing. We are not saying all men are terrible. They're not. Day is married to a wonderful man, Brian. Um, my platform in hopes is to help you, again, discover your worth so that you stop tying your identity to men and that you figure out what it is you want. You have the audacity to believe that you can get it and the patience to wait for it. Yeah. Cause look, my auntie Latanya, I remember she preached a whole sermon when I was in college talking about that everybody ain't gonna get married. Marriage ain't for everybody, just so y'all know. Yeah. But okay, so let's move on. So the last straw you left. So th this episode is titled, How to Get Over Him. So I feel like in that moment when you're, when you're wanting to leave, did you guys live together? Yeah. So how did that process happen? Talk oh, to a girl right now who's living with her boyfriend, but she wants to leave. Like, how did you get it together to be like, I'm out? Listen, once I decided that this is not what I wanted, um, for me, it was that thing of understanding that if this isn't what God ordained, if this isn't what God had in store for me, then whatever he had in store for me would make me more happy, more secure, more loved than anything I had experienced in the last eight years with this person. And so it was just that thought that there's more. So yes, it's going to hurt. It's like, I had to really give myself a pep talk and get in the mirror and be like, this is going to hurt. It could be excruciating, but either this is what you want or you don't. And one of the things is like, you're going to have a back and forth. Like, I don't want to tell anybody you're going to talk to yourself in the mirror and be like, that's it. This is not a Tyler Perry movie. You're not going to pack your bags and never think about him again. And you're just like, done, I'm done. No, there were definitely times where I was crying because I missed him. I'm thinking like, oh my God, am I making the right decision? What am I doing? There's a back and forth. He even spent years after we had been done trying to convince me to like be with him still. You're definitely going to be tried with these things, but ultimately it's about what is right for you. What are your boundaries? What is your self-worth and what do you want? Yeah. Think about like how you want to feel in your ideal relationship. Yeah. And if you're not feeling that way and this is not it, and this is not something that can evolve and change and grow, this is not the relationship you're supposed to be in. And once I decided that it was like, okay, well, here we go. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do the pain. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, in, in the work that I do and, and what I've collected so far in this past year and a half of having my business is I've come up with three reasons why women stay in these relationships. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I know there's probably more, but this is just what I have come up with. And this would be my ideal client. You stay because you're scared of the pain. Yeah. You're, you're, you're scared of experiencing that pain. Like you said, you, you it's going to be painful. Mm -hmm. You loved this person. You genuinely did you eight years of your life, two years wow. of your life, whatever. It's going to be painful, but that pain is yeah. temporary. The pain of staying, I guess is forever. If you're going to forever stay with him, like which one do you want temporary or forever with this guy who claims he loves you? Yeah. So that's one reason. Number two, you don't know no better. Yeah. So, and something that helps that helped me or will that help will help people listening is that pain actually birthed me. Mm. That pain from that eight year relationship. I thought I was finding myself before yeah. getting out of that relationship and really having to sit with myself was the most freeing thing that I've ever done. It birthed who I am right yeah. now, figuring yeah. out that you're indestructible and having that realization about yourself, anything yeah. that life throws at you, you can get through. You and that's the first time I had that realization, like, oh, no, I could do this. I could do anything. Yeah. 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 So we are going to get into the things that you um, did to heal. So after you left, but for anybody who is writing that down, the three reasons why I believe women stay. The second is because you don't know no better. Yeah. Uh, bring it back to Cardi being offset after she got back with him for the 17th time. She said, whatever, we're just young and we have a dis dysfunctional relationship like the rest of y'all. That's what she thinks, that's, that's yeah. what it is. Like, I'm sure that's how she grew up. That's what she saw. She thinks that this is normal. These, like we you were saying earlier, um, these are the hardships of marriages. No, they're not. Um, and the other reason is you don't know the difference between healthy and unhealthy. Yeah. So you're just like, okay, what is this right? I don't know. Da, 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 da. Okay, mm -hmm. wait. Oh, da, da. So there's there's a lot of things going on on why women stay. But I love that you said when you left him, that's when you did you found yourself. Is that what you said? Is that the word? I loved that. So how did you? So you move out. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're crying every night. Yes, it hurts. But what are some of the things that you did? Like, day, I gotta get over this. Like. Yeah. Did you talk to yourself a lot? <laughs> and I'm going to be honest. If you're going through one of these relationships where it's like you spent a significant amount of time together, your lives are intertwined. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat the painful part. Yeah. Right. But like I said, the pain birthed me. I literally would have never found my husband and had my daughter had I not stood up for myself in that moment and been like, this is not good enough for me. This mm -hmm. is not what I want. This is not enough. So the first thing that I did, honestly, was like one of the hardest things. I ached, I isolated, I cried, I felt it. I felt my way through it. I allowed myself to be hurt. Um, I don't know where I had the awareness to do this, <laughs> but I allowed myself to just hurt and I allowed myself to feel it and to feel all the deep connections that those feelings came with, like anything in my past and my traumas that connected with this moment. I really just felt it. Mm -hmm. Yes, this hurts. The guilt, the sadness, the anger, the love, the want, repeat, aches, isolation, I'm crying. And it hurts so bad and it takes time. And I literally just had to give myself grace. Like this is going to hurt and it's going to be hard, but you have to give yourself grace enough to get through this moment. Like you're better than this. And at some point soon, you're going to feel like it. And so, yeah, it did take some time. It was like, for me, I felt like it was like forever, but it was probably like a month or two. 
was just being like really sad at this life change, right? And eventually I got up. Yeah. There's no timeline to healing though. Like that's the thing is like, you can't expect to get out of like a four year relationship and be like, okay, I could do this, but I only have two weeks to feel bad because I can't do any more than two weeks. Or I only have one month or it's been more than a month and now you're beating yourself up or allowing other people to beat you up because you're just like, oh, all of this pain. Like, no, there's no timeline to healing. Healing is on your own timeline and it's a journey. It's not a destination. So for me, it was just genuinely about feeling my way through it and going through it and not around it, not over it, not drinking my way out of it, not clubbing my way out of it, not dating my way out of it. I sat by myself. I decided I'm going to be by myself because there's obviously some fundamental things going wrong in here in this accountability place that I allowed this to happen for so long. There's obviously something going on. Um, So I just, I was single for almost three years and I just decided this is where I need to be. Also, I spiraled. So try to stay away from the spiral. <laughs> Eventually I spiraled. There was times I was definitely spiral. I was definitely stalking his pages that time. I was definitely getting sad if I saw like he's out with another girl. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, if you read my blog, you'll find all the different holes and pitfalls that I fell into. Don't do that. It's just, it's beneath you. And then you have a whole nother thing to forgive yourself for later. Yeah. You do have to remember. Yeah. When So we can't do that. And I know with social media, it's, it's, well, I don't even want to use the word hard because I feel like it's not. That's why there's a block button. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so what I'll do is I'll link Day's blog uh, in the show notes and here on Facebook um, because it's a really good blog that you should definitely read. Um, so as you notice, I asked Day what she did to heal. So I love how you said you may, I'm going to feel this pain and repeat because we have to get it out. Yeah. We can't be like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm okay. Women are good at that. I'm cool, I'm good. Da, da, da. We can't do that. So, and no uh, real healing is going to come from avoidance and escapism. Yeah. You yeah. want to really get through it? Get through it. Go through yeah. it. Yeah. And own the fact that you allowed it to happen. You did. You allowed it. Mm-hmm. Um, you teach people how to treat you. Um, Maya Angelou, rest in peace. Um, said that. So uh, again, thank you all for watching. Nina said, I shared it. (laughs) Thanks, Nina. Um, If you are watching right now, please share, please share. Um, It helps the Facebook algorithm, which hopefully it'll get to women who need to hear this message. All right, keep going. What else? Because I know you got like a list of things. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, after I got through all of the feeling, there was a lot of forgiveness that I had to have. I had to forgive myself for all of the times that I wasn't myself in my fullness to get up and walk away. Um, Guilt and shame are two of the most detrimental emotions to you, especially when you're trying to heal. Um, So because of that, you don't want to get into a place where you're just like feeling guilty and feeling shameful for what happened, because I'm definitely like a shameful person. Like if I get cheated on, I'm like, oh my God, like, (laughs) I can't believe this happened to me, but there's no shame in getting up and walking away from something that's not meant for you. Um, so I had to do a lot of self-forgiveness. I had to forgive myself for not showing up in fullness and not being there to stand up for myself or walk away. I had to forgive myself for trying to make him fit into a position that I knew many times before I left him that he wasn't qualified for. I was trying to make him be this person that he wasn't. And that's where I had to take accountability for myself. Wait, 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 wait. 
That is so dope. I was trying to make him be something that he wasn't even qualified for. <laughs> he wasn't, it wasn't his job. It was above him. He couldn't. I'm trying to make you Michael Jordan and you the dude playing basketball on the street corner. Exactly. <laughs> I, and I am just hell-bent on seeing you this way. Potential. Oh, he has potential to be Michael Jordan, right? Because they wear the same shoe size and because they can both play basketball. But no. He's fine. No. So if I'm not okay with who you are right now in this moment, then I'm not okay. I'm not going to marry or date your potential. And I was living in this place. Like, oh, it's totally okay that I don't feel loved. No, it's not. He's not going to grow to be better at that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's totally okay that I'm not being loved, but he will soon if I just do this or do. It was illogical. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the thing. If he ain't showing us fruits of the spirit now, boo-boo, yeah. you're not going to change him. You're yeah. not God. That's God's job. That is God's yeah. job. Get out of God's business. Yeah. Get out of his business. The thing I did was I let myself be free. So while I was talking about all of those different things that I started doing to try to fit into what I thought that he would like more. I first, I'd let them go. <laughs> I just started just discovering, do you even like these things? Stop doing them immediately. Stop yeah. doing them immediately. Find yourself and be free. Like there's so much freedom to life. Once you embrace the freedom of life, things definitely start looking up. Like you can be whoever you want to be in this life. You have so much room to grow. And also as women, like you're taught, like you were saying to be married and have kids and that's it. And yeah. definitely grateful for my marriage and for my kids. But like, I'm also grateful for the things that I love to do. I'm grateful for who I am. I'm grateful for my career. I'm grateful for the connections that I have. There's so much more to me than just being a wife and a mom. And yeah. so like, that can't be your end goal. Yeah. That can be the end all be all. Because like, that relationship can't be like, oh, I'm striving for just this. When you could literally be anything anything in this world. Do you know what guys are not taught? They're not taught to sit around and talk about only wives and kids. Guys aren't, they're not talking about that at all, especially in childhood, but right. we're playing with dollies and with play kitchens and we're playing marriage and okay. we're doing all these things to prepare for being a wife. There's more to you than that. You think God really just put you on this earth to be a missus? No, there's so much that you are meant for and purposed for. And it's so much beyond like, yes, that can be a part of your blessings and the things that make you, you, but there's more, there's more. So once I unlearned that, it was like, oh, the world is my oyster. I have so much room. And I, and I took advantage of all that space. I was all right. over. Right. So there's a question that I started asking women, um, that I just thought of, cause when you were saying all of that, there's so much more is I just started asking single women, like, what if you forgot that being single was a burden? Yeah. Because we sit in this single space like, oh, woe is me. Oh my God, I'm being punished. This is the worst. And part of that is society. But, and, but so part of that, yes, is society. It's 50-50. 50% of society, 50% is how you feel about it. Yeah. Because they do, it, it does seem to be the topic of discussion when you are single in your family. Yeah. Everybody wants to know where your man at, where your kids, where and 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 those are the only questions that you get asked. Yeah. Uh, so you have to stop. You, me, Rika, Day had to stop thinking that singleness was a punishment. Yeah. It is what it is. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So you listening right now? I asked you to think about that. What if you stopped thinking 
that single was a burden. What if you decided that the world was your complete oyster? What do you want to do? Go hike all the mountains. Go win a Pulitzer Prize. Go be the next Oprah or the next Halle Berry. Go do whatever it is you want because we are just as powerful and capable to do anything that we want to do in this world as men are. And they're taught a completely different standard of life. Right. Um, So my years of singleness, I think that they were great. They turned me into the person that I am now and put me into an alignment and position to find my husband. When I was found my husband, I wasn't looking for him. I was like, enjoying my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was Let's in get- LA again and I was like networking with all these cool people and I was doing all these cool things and I was literally just stepping into my own power, which put me in the place to find him yeah. or to be with him. So it was just uh, alignment. right right so okay so we went oh oh by the way let me I just want to make sure are there any more tips on what we can do because again I know this episode is called how to get over him but I want you it's just a play on words because that's the question I get from you all the time how do I get over him Rika how do I move on it is in your healing it's time and execution it's not like bippity bobbity boo now he's you're over him in two days yeah as you notice, Day is saying what she did while she was in that pain and crying over him and missing him and stalking him on social media, which she should have done, <laughs> and that's okay. But the things that she was doing to heal herself so that she could get over him mm-hmm. and so that you can figure out why you would allow it and then never do it again. That should be what you're doing after you get out of a relationship that you're like, what the heck was that? What yeah. was that? You know. So any more tips on the healing? Yeah, for me, finding and trusting God again was a big one. Yeah, girl. Working, reworking on my relationship with God and what I thought about relationships and all these things. Um, Brandon, I didn't like that relationship, right? I didn't want to be there. It wasn't for me. But there was also a lot of growing that I had to do because even in that bad relationship where in a lot of ways, he was this person that was taking out his trauma on me. I wasn't perfect either, especially at... 21 and 22. So a big thing that I also had to do was sit with myself and really look back and figure out, are you also taking your traumas out on people? Be accountable for the things that you're doing and the ways that you weren't perfect and that maybe you were a little bit abusive. Maybe you were a little bit mean. Maybe you were a little bit jumping down his throat all the time. Maybe there's those things. And that doesn't excuse his behavior, nor does it open up a door to let this person back in. That's literally just you saying, I have things I need to be accountable for for too. And in my future, I don't want to be this toxic person that either I was then or I don't want to let this trauma from this situation also make me take that out on somebody else. So right. just being accountable for my own self, my own emotions and my own actions and really just thinking like, hey, you weren't perfect either. There was a lot of things that were going on on both sides. And that's usually what happens in dysfunctional relationships, right? Yeah. You be, like you can step back and you're like, oh, we weren't right for each other. Like there was something, yeah. there was something fundamentally wrong with the back and forth between us. So right. Um, that was definitely something I did. And I just, I took that all to God and I got my relationship with God back on track because I was really like, yeah, yeah. What is for me and what is not for me. And I just learned how to like trust again and breathe again. And yeah. Yeah. And understand that he didn't, that's what I had to learn that God didn't love me more or less because I was married or single. 
I had to learn that. And I really took a deep dive into what Paul talks about in being single and there's beauty in it and single, it's better to be single sometimes and da, da, da. Um, But I love that you turned back to God. So did I and strengthened Mm -hmm. that relationship. You know, I told you I went to Mexico on a solo trip for two weeks and it was me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what, and one of the things I had to do the same thing and figure out, was I also toxic? What Mm -hmm. is, what, what could a man um, see as being, uh, you know, dysfunctional to him or whatever. And so I love that you said that because that's also part of forgiveness, but I had to learn that I did not stick up for myself enough. I was not good at communicating. Yeah. I was terrible. Kept my feelings inside and that was a cancer. So that's definitely one of the things that I have, that I had to work on definitely better now, but still working on, you know, but now I have honest relationships. How many times have you and I had honest yeah. about, okay, so who's doing what in this activity when we're trying to like put stuff together? Cause I want, I don't want there to be these secret um, offenses going on, you know? And so I had to learn that. Yeah. Transparency so. and gentleness is something that I definitely like picked up along the way because of that, because like, I definitely, like I was saying, I had to take accountability. Like how was I reacting sometimes to things? How was I acting in the various place of things? Was I uh, being uh, dismissive? Was I doing all these things? Like we definitely as women have to take the time to also be accountable for the things that we are doing because not only are we making these choices and we're maybe putting up with some things but in some relationships we are the aggressors. In some relationships we are the toxic ones. <laughs> and so for some people it's not even oh I have to sit back and think about how, what I didn't like about this for some people it's like you need to sit down and think about how you're letting your past traumas affect you in your relationships yeah accountability and healing and just sitting with myself was all really big things I love that yeah women can be toxic too and I don't want any woman to ever confuse my platform because I am women empowerment that I am saying you're perfect Absolutely not. Um, it, again, were they right in abusing us? Absolutely not. No. But there, there are things that we all need to be working on. Okay. All right. So I want to get to the happy place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, just because time-wise, we already have 50 minutes. I'm like, dang, we didn't even get to Brian yet. Okay. Because this is so good. Um, thank you again for watching. If, if you are getting something out of this, I would love for you to comment and let, let us know. Um, I would love to be able to read it today because she can't see the comments. Um, and if you have a question, let us know as well. Um, all right. So three years single. Yeah. Then you meet this man named Brian. <laughs> so I feel like I heard the story and I want you to tell the story, but I feel like I heard it where you just immediately kind of felt a connection, but tell yeah. that story with Brian. So you moved to LA, you bring, yeah. you're done with this guy, you moved to LA and somehow you you meet this guy named Brian. So how did you guys meet and what was different about him? Because you knew that immediately. Well, at the time I was just, I was living my best life in LA. I had moved back to LA. Um, I'd moved my siblings there. They both do music and I felt like they need to be there and they need to be like in this industry. So I was both like taking care of my siblings, but also like living my best life. And like, it was great. It was great times. I met Brian at a at a Starbucks down the street from my house. Uh, I thought he was at the time, like I was talking to a lot of guys, but I wasn't getting in a serious relationship with anyone. Cause I still felt like, Oh, I need to be single or whatever. And I meet Brian and, and he's kind of like in my face a little bit. And I was kind of like, okay, I don't really know. Um, somehow we exchanged numbers, even though I didn't really know. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and we ended up talking and I just felt the first very first conversation we ever had I'm a big hip-hop head so the very first conversation we ever had was so um I don't even know the word like it was like it was like air yeah first time I had a conversation in so long with a guy who wasn't trying to get with me we were talking about hip-hop who's your top five favorite rappers like a simple friendship dope conversation where we're just genuinely getting to know each other and there's no ulterior motives I can't see you trying to like do the most to get like no it wasn't any of that um and so one of the things that stood about stood out about him is in the beginning of our relationship it was nothing but communication and he was so transparent and so I'm big on transparency it was all transparency it was all this is what I've been through and this is and healing and this is where I went wrong and this is what I like to do and all we did was talk we talked for weeks <laughs> it was just straight weeks of just talking and um it was just so safe like yeah. he was a very safe person and he was a very very good gentleman like he was very good at it and he was just like really straightforward he was straightforward and yeah, it was perfect. Like in the beginning, well, it was just so chill. Yeah. I love how you said like it wasn't all about the get with me and yeah. I didn't know. Cause you know, that that's what I try to um, you know, teach my clients is the slowing down process of the dating. Like yeah. data collecting. It's not about my JJ told me he the one. So now we, you know, boop, 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 boop. Oh just God. like trying to get with you immediately. I just, I, uh, I, that's why I was like, oh, do I want to give him my number? Do I not? Because like, as our experiences as with, with as women, yeah. with giving a guy your number are always just like, it's a 50, 50 chance. Right, right. <laughs> it's be chill or not. And at some point, Dr. Jericho, Mr. Hyde could show up yeah. and who knows. And with him, it was just a completely different, natural calm experience and then we went on a date um which was perfect it was just it was perfect for me we went out to eat and it was like oh I'm not even hungry we ended up at a house party and we just talked <laughs> I love it <laughs> we just talked the whole house party and I felt safe and I felt calm and I felt comfortable and these are things that like you date guys and a lot of times you don't feel this way. Maybe you feel jittery or I have butterflies or my palms are sweating or I'm uncomfortable or he's doing a lot. You're doing too much. You're coming on too strong. It was like all these other things. And with him, it was just so calming. Yay, I love that. So um, I do want to move on to, because you told me this story about <laughs> how you had to make sure you didn't take out because you did have a mean streak for a second. Like, sure. guys, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm yeah. you know, because of all the trauma that you have been through. Yeah. Like, I'm this, I'm da, da, da. So with Brian, how did you have to check yourself and make sure you didn't take out any of that PTSD on this guy who was actually, now this is the good guy. Yeah. This is the guy you don't want to take it out on. Oh, man. No, I definitely, I did, <laughs> I did have a mean streak. I was dating guys and I was just very like, no. No, immediately. One red flag. No, you have to go. <laughs> like there's no, there was no in-betweens. I was rough around the edges and I was straightforward and I was sharp. Um, so yeah, I definitely, when I met Brian and I realized what kind of person he was and how genuine he was, I was like, okay, if we're going to do this, right? Because at this point I wasn't like, oh, let's get in a relationship. I was just like, wow, I really, really like you. We really, really fit you seem really, really good for me. You're making me want to get 
like my stuff together. You're making me want to like get my career together. And that was one of the things this relationship inspired me. I'm like, oh, when I wake up in the morning in this relationship, I'm like, oh, like the world is so open. There's so many things I could do. The possibilities are endless. That's a very important like feeling to have for a relationship. Does this person inspire you? Do they make your world bigger? Like, um, so I definitely was like, okay, I don't want to take out my traumas on you. So I got very serious about healing. I got very serious about understanding my trauma. And I took that on as my own accountability. This is something that I'm responsible for. This is not a thing that I can give to you, throw at you, weaponize towards you. And I'm not going to be the person that hurt me, that was weaponizing their trauma at me. I can't be that person to you because I care about you too much. And so a really important part of that for me was he was in the same space, finding somebody that's in the same space as you. Those beginning conversations in a relationship should be about stuff like this. Yeah. It should be about how do you feel about things like trauma? How do you feel about Black Lives Matter? How do you feel about- Did you vote for Trump or no? Because we need to, we could just cut it off right now. How do you, <laughs> how do you feel about misogyny? Right. How do you feel it? Those beginning conversations for us were like spot on because we aligned in so many places, in so many areas. And we were both really serious about healing and understanding our trauma and therapy and all these different things. And those is what stood, those things are what stood out to me yeah. is like, this is going to be a healing relationship. And also this is going to be an easy relationship to communicate in. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, we both actually were very interested in reading books about healing and about- Yes, that. yes. And I want to, I, I do want to get to one of the things that y'all do that I freaking love. I tell all my clients this, this <laughs> is a healthy communication, da, 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 da. But first I do want to track back to you saying, um, we were both interested in healing. You are so right. Like on my list of a guy, right? I don't, I no longer have, oh, he has to make $10,000 a minute. Yeah. He, he's six, five. That ain't got nothing to do with his character. Yeah. It is about- so for me, if you don't know what things like, if you don't know the psychology language, you don't know what codependency yeah. is, trauma, if you're like, what is trauma? Like, if yeah. you're so confused about me talking about gaslighting and narcissism, then I immediately know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you haven't even started the work. Right. right. <laughs> you know, I can't be 10 miles ahead and you, you 10 miles back and you're yeah. like, where did she go? Like, what is she talking about? No, no, no. And so I can't be waiting patiently for all your stuff to come from the depths of you and not even know what it is. And neither one of us know what's coming out of there. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I was just looking at a quote that I wrote down because I, I write a quote like every day on my whiteboard to get me through the day. And it says, life moves in the direction of your most dominant thought. Yeah. So I need to know how this man is thinking. And yeah. that's why we have conversations about this. How do you even see Jesus? Because we all see him differently, apparently, because there's racist people who believe in Jesus and they, yeah. they, they, I'm confused. Um, so we need to have these conversations about how do you see Jesus? What was he like to you? And it, because I'm a Christian, I don't know what you are listening, whatever it is, but you need to figure out your values and what's most important to you. And then those are the conversations you need to be bringing up leisurely. This isn't yeah. a interview <laughs> this is I mean it is but it isn't it shouldn't feel like an interview it should be easy um like Dave said so all right give me three reasons why Brian was different oh three reasons there's so many different <laughs> right I mean just for sake of time three. so he was a great communicator Brian is a great communicator something that I love about our marriage is that 
anything like we're definitely not perfect we definitely had times where like somebody's feelings were hurt or something went wrong um but one thing that I can say about him is he's so easy to communicate with and so early on um we decided oh this is going to be like a safe place like this your marriage like you go into meetings sometimes and they say this is a safe place and whatever happens in this meeting your marriage or your relationship should be a safe place mm -hmm. um and so it was a safe place where like it's very easy for either one of us to be like hey my feelings are hurt by this let's talk about it let's let's like dive into that situation or yeah. hey i don't like this or hey this triggers me like yeah. it's very easy for us to have those conversations and it's something that i just absolutely love about him well then it's easy to talk to you perfect we'll get into the next two but because this is what i was going to bring up so let's tie it to what you just said with the communication i love that you told me the tip that y'all got from Brene Brown. Yeah. And the way y'all like explain that because I love the way that you explained it to me. Like you and Brian present yourself to each other. Oh, like, okay, yeah. So uh, I read this book by Brene Brown called Rising Strong almost like four years ago. And so in the beginning of the book, she was telling the story about her and her husband and they were both swimmers and they're swimming out to this dock um, at their like anniversary spot and they haven't been there in years. And she had all these thoughts in her heads about what it was gonna be like and how romantic it was gonna be. And they were gonna re-spark their marriage and all these things. And as they're swimming to the dock, she keeps looking over at him and she's expecting to have all these moments. And so she gets there and she looks at him and she thinks they're gonna kiss cause they're like in the water and they're like swimming and he doesn't kiss her. So instead he just turns around immediately and swims back. And so she gets her feelings hurt. She's on her head the whole entire swim back. She's like, he doesn't love me anymore. Our marriage is like losing its fire. We don't know what we're gonna do. All these things she's telling herself. So her and her husband actually developed this thing that they do with each other where they say, the story I'm telling myself is, where she can say to her husband, the story I'm telling myself in this moment is that you didn't kiss me at the dock and I have all these feelings that we were going to like reignite our marriage because it's our anniversary. And now I feel like you don't love me and da, 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 and all these things. And he was like, I had to go to the bathroom or like <laughs> whatever it was. It was like something simple. And so it made it very easy for him to bust the bubble of the story that she's telling herself. And then it also makes it very easy for her to take her trauma and make it a thing to communicate. Right. So even me and Brian do that. I showed him this book and he read it and it was like, oh, we were like, we love that. So we do that now to this day. Like if anything goes on and I'm making up a whole story about you went to the grocery store and usually you do this and you didn't do this thing. You didn't bring me back or whatever the story. The story I'm, I'm upset right now because the story I'm telling myself is that you decided that you didn't love me anymore because you didn't bring me my red vines and you always bring me red vines. And it'll always be something like, oh, my dad called me and I was on the phone with my dad and I completely forgot the red, or you know what I mean? It'd always be something like that. Yeah. But just like I was saying earlier, to be able to make your marriage a safe place for your traumas, for the things that you've been through, for your inner child, a safe place where you can communicate with your husband or your spouse or your partner about anything yep. that's going on and yep. have a healthy conversation about it and, and feel safe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we all have a story we're telling ourselves about yep. whatever. And if you're not emotionally intelligent enough to know that you take it out on people because yeah. you think the story that you're telling yourself is true. Yeah. You think thoughts it's true. Not true. Thoughts, some thoughts aren't true. And my therapist says all the time, like thoughts, yeah. thoughts aren't always reality. Like you could be so mad about something that doesn't make it the reality of the situation. Right. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Two other reasons why Brian is different. 
Oh, two other reasons. Okay. Um, Brian is very supportive. As I said earlier, he is like my biggest cheerleader. I genuinely think I'm going to get to like the heights of my career because of this man. Um, whenever I'm afraid of something or whenever I feel like I can't do it, when I'm telling you like pep talks, like the pep talks are A1. <laughs> They're so good. And like, it's really dope because my mom was like a very good, like, oh, you could do anything. And he's like that. So I have this person that's like, anything you want to be and he really is like relentless like no seriously I could see you doing that like dope such a cheerleader um another way that he what was the question is that he's different or that he yeah, has three, three reasons why he's different he's like he's I can tell you uh another reason that he's different oh, okay a big one is Brian helped me right okay so really quick we went to like the whole thing about the story you're telling yourself is yeah like core beliefs so you can go through life and you can have a certain amount of things happen to you. And if you tell yourself that that's the truth enough times, like you can have enough people cheat on you that your core belief becomes all men cheat. Mm -hmm. And like Cardi B, Cardi B believes, Cardi B believes all men cheat. Right. And nothing you can do about it. That's just inevitable. That becomes a core belief. But just because it's a core belief doesn't mean it's true. That's just something that now you believe right. is happening, right? Brian has helped me squash a majority of these core beliefs that I already gave myself. He literally, I think, helped me rediscover what unconditional love felt like, because not only did I have core beliefs that I needed to work out from childhood trauma, but I had core beliefs that I needed to work out from past relationships. And so they'll tell you like the, the real way to get through this healing is to have enough experiences that disqualify that core belief where you can tell yourself, see, that wasn't true. See, that wasn't true again. You see how this person didn't do that to you? Because that's not true about who you are. Right. And really helped me squash a lot of those core beliefs and help me like believe in unconditional love again and help me realize that that is a thing that is attainable. And not only do I have the ability to get that or to give that, I have the ability to receive that. So very different. Again, I hope where you were listening to this episode, how to get over him with tangible tips on how to move on and healing. You had your notes app open, <laughs> a pen, a paper, write it down, put it on a post-it note, put it on your mirror if you need to. My takeaway from this is if God, God willing, he does decide that, you know what? I do want to pair Rika as a wife to a husband, that that guy will be a safe place for me and it'll be easy. No butterflies. I ain't got to, you know, none oh. of that. <laughs> that was my takeaway. I would love to hear um, or read your takeaway. So if you're watching this on Facebook, whether it's live right now, in the future, comment below. I would love to know your takeaway from day. If you are listening to this on the podcast, Apple, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, I would love for you to send me a DM, screenshot this episode, put it in your stories on Instagram and type out the quote your one takeaway, whether it be a quote or whatever. I would love, because I wanna make sure that this is getting to the women who need it. We don't know who this is for, but if this is for you, I would love to hear it. It keeps me going as somebody who's a motivational speaker and a life coach. It keeps me going to know that I'm helping one person, one woman at a time. So before we end this day, is there anything else? Actually, this is what I ask all my girls, all, all my women that I have on the podcast. The woman you were when you were in that relationship, when you were 19, before you got there, what did she need to hear 
for her to not be eight years deep with that guy. Man, I told you that question makes me so emotional because it's like, imagine. <laughs> no, just imagine. Um, I would tell that girl, like, you were the prize. You were the prize. No man on this earth is worth losing yourself for. Like, you were the whole prize. Whatever God has you on this earth for, whatever purpose he has you on this earth for, this relationship should enhance it. And at any point that it's doing the opposite of that, reevaluate. You were the prize. Mm. Like, I really wish I could tell <laughs> my 20-year-old self, you are the prize. Yeah. It's not enough to just have someone if they're not doing anything for you. Yeah. They're not adding any value to their life. I don't just want company anymore. Yeah. I'm gonna do, I have friends. I have friends. <laughs> I'm good. We either building a healthy life together or we just not. Or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, Nina said, exactly. You are enough. You don't need a man to define you. So yeah. here's the thing. This is what I ask women now because I have so many, as I was telling you before we even record it. I have so many women in my DM because my message is resonating with women. And some of them don't sign up. And I'm not saying that you have to, I'm not the end all be all to helping you discover your worth and stop tying your identity to men. But my question for you, if it's not me, how are you going to figure out that you don't need a man? Yeah. Are you gonna do the work or not? Because if you don't do the work, you're not gonna change. So if you would like to do the work, let me give you my elevator pitch. <laughs> of course, you know me, if you're listening to this podcast, watching on Facebook, I am the founder of Single You Academy and the host of Single You, the podcast. Single You Academy is a 12 week program where you will learn how to stop tying your identity to men, where you will learn how to stop tying your worth to men, where you will learn the difference between healthy versus unhealthy relationships. Wouldn't it have been a nice day if when we were 12, 15, we had these conversations? Yeah. What if? What would, if? It would have been a different, <laughs> different world. Whole different. Yeah. So in my program, you will transform from a woman trying to prove her work to be loved by a man. As Day said she was doing, and I said I was doing, serving your way, cooking your way, sex in your way, into trying to get into this man, this man's heart. Love me, love me. That's not how it works, boo-boo. Mm -hmm. I want to transfer you, transform you into a woman who finally knows her worth, who you are, what you want, and knows how to say no. So yeah. if that sounds like you and you're ready to get started, you're ready to invest in yourself, we should definitely connect. So yeah. send me a DM right now. I would love to guide you through 2021 because I want you to finally have a year where you are just happy single. Mm -hmm. So if you would like to sign up, the doors to this group closes tomorrow. So today is Wednesday as we're recording this on Facebook. It's Wednesday the 16th. Thursday the 17th, the doors are closed. And I'm not opening the program again until February because now I got to work with the women who signed up. I like to give my women time. My time because they paid for it. So this is time sensitive. Don't hesitate. If you want to change, you do have to do something different. Don't have to be with me. I'm not that icky salesperson. <laughs> I'm not the pressure. Like, you better sign. It don't have to be with me. I'm just saying. All right, day. 
Thank you. Thank you. Any last minute words after I said all that? And then we will. Oh, yeah. Last minute words. I will say that I think it's completely normal and okay if you are a girl that's a, that wants a relationship. But the key yes. thing, like you're saying, is that if you don't feel worthy without one, if you don't feel dope without one, if you don't feel anointed without one, then you're not ready for one. <laughs> that's, that, that's definitely what I want to say, because I definitely think it's okay to want a relationship. It's okay to want those things. But I think the key to all of this is how do you feel about you and your self-worth? The key, the, the operative word of what you use is okay to want one, to feel mm -hmm. like you need one. Yeah. I beg to differ. Yeah. Yeah. Nina said, Rika, I wish women in the 70s and 90s would have taught us back then. Um, taught us back and then, uh, and then, yeah. And oh, these lessons. Okay, I got it. I got it. Um, yeah, I know, right? So that's why I'm starting now. And I believe that's why God put me in this season um, to be a light for women who need to hear that you're worthy regardless of your relationship status and singleness is not a punishment. Okay. Day, I appreciate you, girl. Thank you Thank so you. much. Yay! Okay, okay, okay. What were your takeaways? This is why I tell you, use your notes app. Have your pen and notebook ready when you're listening to Single You, the podcast. So what were your takeaways? I want to hear that from you. Okay, so there's three things that I'm going to tell you right now. One is for me. And then the last two are other ways that I can be of service to you on your journey of discovering your worth so that you can stop tying your identity to men and stop being a man pleaser. I want to help you as much as I can. Okay, so what were your takeaways? Can you like write down a quote, take a screenshot of you listening to the podcast, you know, on your phone? Put it in your Instagram story and then tag me. And don't forget to put the quote there or say, Rika, this was my takeaway. And bam, I want to read it because not only does it help me understand who's listening to my podcast, what the takeaways were, so maybe I can expound on it more, but it's just great to know that you're listening. So I just want to know that you're listening, okay? All right. So the show notes will have the information to get a hold of the guest on this episode. So if there was a guest and you're like, I want to get a hold of that person, it is in the show notes. All right. What else is in the show notes is this. Here are two other ways that I can be of service to you when you are ready. Grab my free Single You Academy mini course. OK, you want it for free? I will have a free trial for you. All you have to do is let me know that you want it. It's three writing prompts to help you discover your worth, plus the How to Get Over Him video with worksheet. And in that, you will also learn the top three boundaries that you need to have when it comes to men. And really, people, society, your kids, it's interchangeable. But if you want to learn that, I got you. But you got to got you, right? <laughs> um, all right, so in the show notes, the link will be there. And then you sign up for it, and then I will send you the login and information in your email so always make sure you're checking your email if you sign up for something from me. Also, how else can I be of service to you? Well, iron sharpens iron. And the Bible also says it's not good for man to be alone. And to me, it doesn't mean romantically. It actually means just community, people who are like you and like-minded. When you want to be strengthened, then you need to be around people who are a little bit stronger than you in that area. So join me in my free Facebook group, 
Singleness is not a punishment. You can search that on Facebook. It's there. Answer a few questions. I'll let you in the group. It's a private Facebook group. The link is also in the show notes. Now, before I get out of here, I just want to tell you my prayer to God, right? So after I went through my journey of discovering my worth so that I stopped tying my identity to men and stopped being a man pleaser, I began to ask like, okay, I know that I did it for myself. Now, how can I teach other women to do it? Because I remember when I got out of my abusive relationship in 2017, I heard God say, I will use your story. And then in the purpose driven life, Pastor Rick Warren writes, your greatest shame will be the thing that heals others. And then also reading Gabrielle Union's book, We're Gonna Need More Wine, when I went on my solo trip to Mexico. Hopefully you've heard this story because you've been listening to my podcast. If you haven't, go back. It's in, I don't know what episode, but it's there. But anyway, when I read her book, I felt in community, in communion with her. So in knowing that God said, I'm gonna use this story, I was like, okay, I need to start sharing and uh, get step over my shame. <laughs> when I first started sharing, I still had a lot of shame, but I don't anymore. But anyway, I said, okay, so I need to start sharing so then another woman can feel in communion with me and she will say, I am not alone. And now my prayer is, God, have the women you want me to help hear my voice. Have her reach out to me. And so I don't know who I'm talking to. If that is you, reach out to me. You are drowning. I have the life vest. You are sick of these dysfunctional relationships. I have a formula that will stop you from being in another dysfunctional relationship. Now, nothing is perfect and I don't get to write everybody's story, but I got to tell you the testimonials I got from myself and from other clients of mine, my formula is working. So if you are burnt out on those dysfunctional relationships, you've hit the wall. You're the type of woman who gives your all to a man and you're always trying to satisfy your man and go the extra mile, but it has never worked out for you. And again, you're burnt out, you're over it. Reach out to me. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you are the woman I'm praying for, hear my voice and reach out to me because I don't know you, right? I don't, I don't know you. You found me somehow. And the only way I'm going to know that you need my help is if you ask. The Bible also says you have not because you ask not. Don't be embarrassed, girlfriend. I'm here. I'm here. Reach out to me if you need to. Um, again, the writing prompts and also the Facebook group links are in the show note. My Instagram is also in the show notes. I am just me, Rika. If you don't want to check, reach out to me right now and ask me anything. My DM is open to you, girl. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like, subscribe, rate this podcast. Please share this podcast because maybe a woman you know is the woman I am assigned to help. So there we go. All right. Thanks for listening. This is Single You, the podcast.